Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Make sure you check out greatlakesdragway.com for all the latest. They are open on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. So check out Great Lakes Dragway on the internet and also on all social media platforms. And also David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to check out David Hobbs Honda for all the best in not only new cars, but also they have an extensive used car inventory. So check out DavidHobbs.com. In Great fact, deals going on there all always, weekend long always. as well. And speaking of David Hobbs Honda, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is David Hobbs from sunny Florida. Welcome to the show, David. David Hobbs, his own self. My goodness me, how lucky you chaps are this afternoon. <laughs> you got that right. Soon to be Pulitzer Prize winner, David uh, Hobbs, right? Well... Unfortunately not. In fact, I was on the shortlist for the best sporting book in Britain, which is an R.A.C. Royal Automobile Club Award. That is a fairly new competition. They started about five years ago. And I was a nominee, and I was runner-up, unfortunately, uh, just the other night, to uh, Adrian Newey, who has written a book about making race cars, and when you consider that Adrian Newey has won, what, 12 world championships? Mm-hmm. Maybe more with his cars, Williams, McLarens, Red Bulls. Nearly won the Indy 500 a couple of times with Mario at the wheel. I suppose it's not a surprise that uh, a British jury would vote his the best book. But <laughs> close. Close, but no cigar. Well, it is interesting that uh, we are talking about Habo. Motor Racer, Motor Mouth, uh, which is a fantastic book. And, yes, I am a little bit biased, but it is it is a fun, fun, entertaining book. Uh, but you are actually going to be in town uh, Monday, November 12th at David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Avenue. And uh, you'll be signing books there at a very convenient time, right after work. So folks, when they get off of work, if they want to get a signed copy, they can see you from uh, 5 to 7 at the dealership. That is true. We are putting on Greg, uh, my son, who runs the dealership now, has been talking about it pretty much all the summer. Uh, we were down here, then we were up, we were up in Wisconsin, you know, from June till just a couple of weeks ago, but uh, no really good opportunities came up. So we finally, you know, we put it together and made uh, November the twelfth the afternoon. November the twelfth, the official time is from uh, four till five till seven, but I shall probably be there about mid afternoon on. If anybody comes in early, and we've got about a hundred books, um, hopefully we'll sell most of them, and um, we're looking forward to it. They've been uh, talking about it uh, all summer, um, so it is an opportunity for people living in Milwaukee or the suburbs to uh, to pop in and, and buy a book. And I'm looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun, and also uh, a thing I wish I could get to. I, I saw the the. Uh, the event, I guess you could say, in Chicago. But uh, you'll be doing another of uh, the 
uh, a night at the races with uh, yourself, of course, Lee Diffie and Steve Matchett at the Ridgefield Playhouse up in Ridge, uh, Ridgefield, Connecticut, which is uh, real close to where uh, Lee Diffie lives, correct? He lives in Ridgefield now. He works for NBC, uh, their big sports studio, which is big, <laughs> 100,000 square foot, um, is just down in Stamford, Connecticut, not very far from Ridgefield. So we're putting this show on at the Ridgefield um, Playhouse on uh, Monday, November the 26th, which, of course, is the day after the last Grand Prix. And we'll have uh, various bits of footage of that and the NASCAR races, which, of course, NBC support. Uh, IMSA races, which next year NBC will be covering exclusively. And so, yeah, we should have a fun time there. And uh, we're expecting a full house again. 500, it's a 550-seat theater. And we have filled it three times so far. I'm also taking a few books there. And then the night after that, on uh, Tuesday the 27th, I'm going to Miller Motor Car Company in Stamford, Connecticut, which is a franchise that makes your eyes water. It is Ferrari, Maserati, Bentley, Rolls-Royce, Aston Martin, and who have I forgotten? Uh, just about every great car that you can get out of Porsche, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that should be a good night there. Um, that also is in Connecticut. But to save you going all the way to Connecticut, you've only got to go to 6100 North Green Bay Avenue to get a copy of the book. <laughs> should be a lot of fun. And then, of course, uh, last week, we uh, F1 was in uh, Mexico for the uh, Mexican Grand Prix. And uh, the most interesting part of it was, uh, well, Lewis Ham Hamilton grabbed the headlines without even being on the podium. It was a Max Verstappen winning in the Red Bull over uh, Vettel and uh, Rakanen uh, with the two Ferraris. Uh, a little bit uh, too late for the Ferraris. But uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton, your championship winner. Yes. Um, and, of course, since then, there's been lots of talk about, is he the greatest driver ever? Um, and I have to say that I think that he is one of the greatest drivers ever. It's so difficult to compare drivers from era to era, from car to car, because so many things change. I mean, he is now one of only two people, or one of three people, who have won five championships that's him, Fangio, and Schumacher. And, of course, Schumacher's gone a bit better than that by winning seven. But Lewis is going to be, what, 33 um, soon. Um, so he's got plenty of time to win another couple of championships. I think the championship will tighten up in the next couple of years. Big rule changes coming in 2020. Some small rule changes coming in 2019. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, as he said, it was a horrible race <laughs> for him. It, you know, just nothing went right. The Mercedes was using its tyres up too quickly. The Red Bull, the car, came into its own. Of course, designed by Adrian Newey, <laughs> who just beat me out to be the, the, the best, the top book in the uh, best book, uh, sporting books in England. Um, and Adrian Newey has got just the most amazing brain when it comes to aerodynamics. And of course, when you're running at Mexico City, which is 5,000 feet, and the air is thinner, um, it leads to all sorts of nasty side effects, less horsepower, for one thing, and a lot less downforce. And the newly designed car there really came into its own. And um, Verstappen and Ricardo were the two top guys all weekend. Unfortunately, Daniel Ricardo in the other Red Bull, just, again, his luck just completely... Awful, yeah. Awful, exactly, and dropped out. 
Was it seven? Uh, seven was it for him? DNFs this year? I think yeah, it was. Or? Seven, like four or five in a row. Isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's just just been gruesome. And and Verstappen um, drove a brilliant race to win. That'll be and he won there last year. So and he's still <laughs> he's still only just twenty one. So. Um, and and has not gotten a pole position yet, which if you would have told us that a year and a half ago, we would have thought you were crazy. I he, when he first drove for Red Bull uh, at Spain, what four years ago? So he was like seventeen. He everybody said, you know, he has got till the end of twenty eighteen to to become the, the youngest ever pole sitter. He's the youngest everything else, the youngest race winner, the youngest point scorer. Uh, I mean, just the youngest everything, everything, the youngest fastest lap, the youngest everything. Uh, but he's still not the youngest pole sitter, but he still hasn't run out of time. He can still be the youngest pole sitter. <laughs> I think he's got to about the middle of next year. But of course, he was apparently just infuriated in Mexico because he had been quickest in all three practice sessions, FP1, FP2, FP3. And he got pipped by his teammate by like two hundredths of a second. And apparently he was absolutely enraged <laughs> because he would have had the youngest ever pole sitter. Um, as it is, he's now the youngest guy ever to win two of the same races in a row. In other words, two Mexican, two British, two whatever races in uh -huh. a row. He's the, young, he's the youngest guy to have done that too. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Red Bull next year with the Honda engine. Everybody says the Honda engine is definitely making progress, which obviously I would like to see it do. Right. Um, and in the Red Bull, the Red Bull are talking very confidently about, um, you know, the combination of Red Bull and Honda next year. We're talking with uh, David Hobbs, Formula One guru on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Don't forget, you can uh, see David in person at David Hobbs Honda Monday, November 12th. And the guru, I like that. Yeah, the Mexican Grand Prix was at the Autodroma. At Autodroma Hermanos Rodriguez, and uh, of course, uh, I spoke last week a bit on Ricardo and Pedro Rodriguez, certainly uh, two of the greatest racing brothers, of course, from Mexico, and probably one of the uh, greatest brother combinations in Formula One, and, and sadly, though, uh, their greatness, uh, because we lost them too soon, never really developed where they should have, and you know, I, it's interesting being a student of uh, auto racing history in that uh, one race that always comes up when you do any type of research in that, especially when it comes to endurance racing, it was in 1970, the BOAC 1,000-kilometer at Brands Hatch. It was one of the greatest drives in the history of racing, people say, and that was, of course, Pedro Rodriguez in a Porsche 917. And I mentioned uh, last week that you were there. You were you were not running that race, and but you got to see it firsthand. And t talk to the listeners how how just how impressive he was that that day. Well, it was an absolutely amazing display of car control and precision in appalling conditions. I mean, it rained heavily. Quite honestly, today. If it rained that much, they would have a safety car out and they'd be dragging around behind a safety car for lap after lap after lap. Because it's a six-hour race. Um, well, it's a 1,000-kilometer race, which is about six hours, but of course, it actually took about seven because of the rain. And I was watching him through various corners. And I mean, this is a car that's got, you know, 600 horsepower back, back then, you know, in the early 70s. 
Um, not a lot of aero down for us. And I mean, the last corner coming onto the pit straight at Brands Hatch, pit straight, a bit like the pit straight at Monte Carlo, it actually goes right, slightly to the right, all the way down. Uh, and there's a big dip in the middle, so you've got quite a bit of elevation change in the front straight, at the top of which you come to this sort of sudden rise, go over the top of the rise, and you go into the first bend, Paddock Hill Bend, which is a very steep downhill uh, corner. Obviously, the road falls away, so you have no camber helping the car at all. And he was pretty much sideways from coming on to the front straight to exiting Paddock Hill Bend. I mean, and he, and because you do have a couple of laps in a Grand Prix, and it's only like 40 laps or 50 laps. I mean, this is like a, this is a thousand kilometer race. And he was just sideways around that track. For hour after hour, his co-driver, Leo Kinnanen, uh, the Finnish driver, did the minimal time in the car, you know, an hour or two in two different stints, just to really make it official and legal. Otherwise, Pedro ran the whole thing himself and was just absolutely extraordinary. Uh, it was the most amazing virtuoso display of wet weather driving I've ever seen. Um other than actually Lewis Hamilton in 2008 when he won the Silverstone Grand Prix and he lapped everybody up to Rubens Barrichello who was third in the Ferrari and Lewis was just about to pass him again and he'd have lapped up to second spot. So um, that was a pretty impressive. But, but the Rodriguez brothers were amazing. They came from a very wealthy Mexican family. Their father pushed them into it. And, of course, Ricardo, the younger driver, he was killed very early. I think he was killed before he was 21. Uh, but he was the youngest guy to ever drive a Ferrari. He was the youngest. They were the youngest. They wanted to go to Le Mans when they were like 19. And back in those days, they wouldn't let them start. So I, they finally started the year after, I think, when they were 20. And then very soon after that, uh, the younger brother, Ricardo, was killed. And Pedro lasted until 1971 when he was killed at Hockenheim in a Ferrari 512 in a very peculiar accident uh, ran into the end of the pit wall somehow uh, but yeah a couple of very 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 good young drivers but of course racing in those days was very different today when you hit things in those days um, if you hit anything hard um, that was pretty much uh, all over because the cars were so flimsy and there were so many things to hit as well um, David we were talking about uh, in the previous segment I was saying you to sleep there no, no, I was uh, just making faces at Jeff. Uh, I was just nodding off the <laughs> We were talking about in the previous segment about a young driver in the truck series, Noah Gregson, who's in grade A equipment but has been struggling. And and you've been uh, one of these people that I would say, young drivers, You know, when you win a championship, you should go up to the next series right away and keep moving up the ladder. Is it is there a case where just some drivers you can bring up too too quickly? And, or maybe if they went into more mediocre equipment and maybe learned to craft a little bit better, is it is it is is that the way to do it? Or I mean, is there a wrong way, or can there be a wrong way or a right way with certain drivers? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Well, unfortunately, you, until you've tried it, you don't know which is the wrong or the right way. Uh, everybody said that uh, Lewis was too young to go into Formula One uh, because he had just won. He'd won every series he'd been. Um, and he went up through the through all the series, 
and, and finally ended in GP2, which is now called F2, uh, and won that. Went into the series, won it in the first the first season, and um, and went into Formula One. And people said that Ron Dennis was pushing him too much. I am a big believer in momentum in racing. Uh, I've seen so many drivers who just smash everything. Um, you know, all records, win all the races. Um, and then they get in a bad car or they go sideways for a little bit to, to sort of mature and, and get better. And um, they actually tend to go down slightly, I think. Then I, I guess there have been instances of drivers driving too soon. I honestly can't think of anybody just right off the top of my hat, mm-hmm. um, on the top of my head. Um, the one guy, because to me, has been the most incredible disappointment is Hulkenberg. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I Nico Hulkenberg is just I, so frustrating. Such a, such a big supporter of Hulkenberg. He, he, he <laughs> won everything. And he was ever so young, and he's winning Formula BMW, then he wins in Formula 3, then he, then he came into the GP2 series, absolutely smashed it, won everything. Moves into Formula One, and here he is. He's done what 140 odd races, and still hasn't even got a podium, let alone a win. I mean, it's just as you, as Danny Holmes would say, you wouldn't read about it, mate. Um, it is just most extraordinary. Uh, Hulkenberg's, you know, coming to a halt. But I don't think that was because he went to Formula One too soon. Mm. I think it's because he went into the wrong team too soon. And um, and in my opinion, he should have been driving instead of riding at Ferrari for at least two or maybe three. Um, and for sure, he'd have won some, um, some podium by now. Talking with David Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. And don't forget, Monday, November 12th, you can see David at David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Avenue in Glendale from 5 to 7. And get a copy of Hobbo, his book, or if you already have a copy of the book, he'd be more than happy to sign it. Any final thoughts, David? Well, Lewis Hamilton's uh, non-winning streak may well continue this week at uh, at Brazil because he's out. He's been on the pole there a couple of times, but he's only won it once. And uh, this is, for some reason, this is one of those tracks where he just has not won very much. So um, I, I, he may not win here either. I think I su- suspect that Sebastian Vettel will win this race this weekend. A, a and track. He'll be kick- kicking himself all the way to the hotel saying, why couldn't I have done that two races ago? <laughs> a track he was world champion for about 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but no, I mean, I'd like to see anybody sit up at the dealership there and um, come in and buy a book, and uh, obviously I'll sign it for you. And um, I'm assuming you're going to be there, Steve. I will not be there. You will not be there. If you want me there, I can be there. Well, I just always like to see it. So, uh, okay, don't have to be there. We've, we've got <laughs> plenty of help. So. <laughs> All right, David. Certainly good hearing from you, and uh, we will chat more in the future. And David Hobbs, make sure to check him out. Monday, November 12th at David Hobbs Honda from 5 to 7. Get a copy of the book, Hobble, or get your book that you have already signed by David Hobbs. When we come back, we'll be talking to Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com on the Final Inspection Show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.